The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, Channel 13 Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KVVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles and San Bernardino, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and New Arizona, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusCommission.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the Gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with a sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon, a landmark in Cali for over 95 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hans Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and conference at homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Today, we celebrate all fathers across the nation. They are and were our role models, comforters, advisors, and friends. But however wonderful our earthly fathers are, we must remember that the greatest father of all is our heavenly father, Jesus Christ. Our church choir, under the direction of Emilia Hahn, will sing for us this wonderful song entitled, Father's Eyes. Accompanying them will be Tari Summers on the piano and Iris Lach on the organ. Please join in singing as the words appear on your television screen. Mm -hmm. 
The heavens above and the earth below are belong to Jesus. The trees, the mountains, the animals, the birds of the air, and even the seas around us were all created by Him. This is borrowed space, and it will all be returned to Jesus after He comes back in clouds of glory. As much as we love this earth, which we are blessed to live in, we should love our Creator, Jesus, more than His creations. The church band under my direction will play for you this wonderful tune entitled, He. <laughs> God's miracles can be seen every day. The words in this song mentions a few miracles the Lord performed, the placing of the stars, the earth being suspended in space. But the greatest miracle mentioned is when He saved our souls and made us whole. 
This morning, our soloist, Tracy Asana, will sing a song entitled, It Took a Miracle. Accompanying her will be Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, Trusty Associate Pastor Evans Pro Senior makes it Asana scene of the guitars, Iris Locke on the drums, and yours truly on the piano. My father is omnipotent And that you can't deny A God of might and miracles Tis written in the sky It took a miracle to put the stars in place. It took a miracle to hang the world in space. But when he saved my soul, took a miracle of love and grace. The Bible tells us of his power and wisdom all way through. And every little Our testimonies too. It took a miracle to put the stars in and me 
took a miracle of love and grace. The simplest things in life are often free. The air we breathe, the sky's beauty, the rolling oceans, the majestic mountains, and the carefree spirit of the birds in the air. All of this and more was given to us by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen closely as the church choir describes the world Jesus intended for us to have in this encouraging and inspirational song entitled, He Made Everything New. Trouble in me. 
Blessed with the talents the Lord has given her is our instrumentalist, Bohaku Carter. She will delight us on her banjo with this heartwarming and blessed song entitled, God Bless My Daddy.
husband and wife DeWitt, Associate Pastor Timothy and Emilia Hahn Sr., has chosen Jesus to guide them according to his will and be the captain of their lives, that they may overcome all obstacles, tests, and trials in their path. Lend an ear as they sing this uplifting and inspirational song entitled, My Father Watches Over Me. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this wonderful song to Associate Pastor Dean and Mrs. Johanna Carrillo Sr. of Oahu, Hawaii. Being raised in the Lord, you can see them being an example to their children by actively taking part in the gospel and living for Jesus. May the Spirit of the Lord continue to lead and guide you and your family daily and continue to pour out bountiful blessings pressed down and overflowing upon you in this life and that to come. Have a glorious Sunday, brothers and sisters Carrillo. Trust in God wherever I may be upon the land or on the rolling sea. For come what may from day to day, my heavenly Father watches over me. Trust in God, I know He cares for me. On mountain bleak, or on the stormy sea, though billows roll, He keeps my soul. My heavenly Father watches over me. He makes the rose an object of his care. He guides the eagle through the pathless And surely he remembers me.
Greetings in the sweet name of Jesus. I'm associate pastor for the Jandok, and I'd like to repeat our television time station and locations in the Canulias for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California. This telecast can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, channel 13 in San Diego. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE, channel 13 in Palm Springs. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KVU TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KACY, Channel 9 in Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZGO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable, Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work, if you're a kingdom of God to consider telecast in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our gospel service here in Home State, Hawaii, service is held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel service at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begins at 9 a.m. and prayer service is held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamaki Branch Church located at 1361 Polo Avenue, gospel service is held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by our neighborhood branch churches. The service is also conducted by Pastor Reza V. Kazanasina in Kanakakai Molokai, Pastor Kenneth Alveria in Haina Maui, Pastor Walter Aitino in Hilo, Hawaii, Pastor Kenneth Lennon Sano Sr. in Kolo, Hawaii, Pastor Helvester in Belogo, Hawaii, and Pastor Vesifara in Presidential School of Altabino, Philippines. You're welcome to attend these services regardless of affiliations. There are no collections. If you desire to volunteer to contribute to start this telecast in the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated the conclusion of the telecast. And I'd like to return our program to Head Pastor Benangelo, who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inviting sermon. Brother Billy? Thank you, Jose. Life is so full of problems that many people in the world today put their personal concerns ahead of Jesus. In spite of the message delivered in the song, Put Jesus First in Your Life, we most often tend to put Jesus second, third, or even lower on our list of priorities. For many, it is a difficult decision to choose to be faithful to the Lord or to the world, even though we know what the correct choice should be. Perhaps if you learn a little more about the Lord through sermons like the one I have entitled, Honor Thy Father, the decision to choose the Lord will be a whole lot easier. First of all, the gospel of the kingdom of God is the good news that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon. Turn with me to John, the third chapter, first through seven, and see the verses slowly unfold in order for you to find out how you stand with the Lord. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Nicodemus, one of the 10 wealthiest men during his time, was also one of the elite in his community. Regarding the rich, the scripture tells us how hard it is for someone who has his eyes on his riches to enter into the kingdom of God. Matthew 19, 24 tells us, 
And again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. The warning is that usually the eyes are more on wealth than on God. There's nothing wrong with wealth. It is having one's eyes on something other than the Lord that matters. This is why Jesus tells his disciples, nothing is impossible with the Lord. The eye of the needle was a small gate by which the camel had to be offloaded first and then was able to proceed through the gate on his knees. This is how we too have to come to the Lord. Nicodemus came to Jesus to find out how he might be saved. He came with his own understanding and an open heart. Let's look at the flip side of the coin for a classic example. Some years ago, an English pastor went to see a very wealthy man who was at the point of death. In giving him spiritual counsel, he asked if he might hold his hand while they prayed together. The man declined, putting his clenched fist beneath the bed covers. Shortly afterward, the elderly man breathed his last breath of life without giving any indication that he knew Jesus as his personal savior. Later, when they turned on the blankets, his hand was found clasping the key to his safety deposit box with a rigid grip of death. Once again, the truth was emphasized. The love of money is the root of all evil, and it will blind a man and warp his soul so that he will prefer the grass of a banquet to the hand of Jesus Christ extended in salvation. We continue in verse 2. The same, that is Nicodemus, came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. He was calling a people out of a people for his name's sake. And right now, Jesus is calling you this morning through this telecast. Won't you give heed to him? We continue in verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The Lord knew Nicodemus was born once. That's why he said he must be born again. He also knows you were born once already. That's why God has commanded to us to continue to preach this born again message until he comes in clouds of glory to take us out of this sin-sick, devil-may-care world in which we live. Continuing in verse 4, we read, Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Nicodemus was blinded to the truth of what Jesus was saying. The Lord never told anyone that they must understand the word of God to be saved, nor did Jesus instruct anyone to go to school to learn about his word. It is taught to us by his Holy Spirit. John 14, 26 tells us, But when the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. We must believe, as Luke said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. We continue in John 3, 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. By this we know that water baptism is a must be saved. The word Jesus uses except. Therefore, there is no exception. Unless you meet the Lord Jesus Christ in water baptism, you're not saved. 
We continue in verse 6 and 7. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. There is no excuse. There should be no wonder or doubt. In our next scripture, Peter preaches Jesus and is ready to give an altar call. Let's listen to Acts 2, 36 and 37. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made that same Jesus whom he hath crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? You should be asking yourself the same question at this time. What must I do to be saved? We continue with Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Like Peter just said, the first step to salvation is to repent. Then get baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will receive the promise, the gift of the Holy Ghost. After being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, Followed by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you are then baptized into the body of Christ. And the only evidence of being baptized with the Holy Spirit is to speak in the unknown language. There is no language art school that teaches this language. It is given by the Lord Himself. Acts 4, 12 states, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That is a clincher. God has many names throughout the Old Testament. Elohim, the lily of the valley, Jehovah, the rose of Sharon, wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the prince of peace, and any others too numerous to mention at this time. But today in salvation, the authorized name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Many of my friends tell me they were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. According to Matthew 28, 19, I tell them the same things I'm telling you this morning. The titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are not titles of the Lord Jesus Christ. And according to the Word of God, we are to administer baptism in that name, Jesus, which means Savior. Colossians 3:17 tells us, And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, I might add baptism is word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let us move on to this morning's topic, Honor Thy Father. The title Father is forbidden for anyone to use as we have only one Father. One heavenly Father, Matthew 23, 9 declares, And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. The leader in the church is a pastor. The title Father speaks of authority, headship, leadership, intercession, and representation. Today's text comes from one of the Ten Commandments. We read Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Honor thy father and mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The definition of the term honor is to respect and to give reverence. It also makes reference to building a good reputation or a good name for oneself. Let's get some background for Father's Day. Father's Day was started in 1910 by Mrs. John Bruce Dodd of Spokane, Washington. The purpose was to set a day aside to give honor to all fathers and show the expression of gratitude and appreciation for their roles in our lives. In 1924, President Cool Calvin Coolidge proclaimed the third Sunday in June as Father's Day. Not much is given about this special day, so I'd like to add some information about Father. Dad was traditionally the breadwinner in the family. Times have changed so much in our economy that it takes the hard work of both mom and dad to make a living. 
Although in many cases, the woman now has to go out and work to help and support the family, the Word of God tells us a man who doesn't support his family is worse than an infidel. Let us read in 1 Timothy 5, 8, But if any provide not for his own, especially for the holes of his own house, he had denied the faith that is worse than an infidel. An infidel is like an unbeliever. In other words, we men have to go out to work, even though mom's income may be enough to support the family. Originally, the father of a family was a priest who represented the family, offered sacrifices for them, and acted as their instructor in matters pertaining to God. Before the legal order of the priesthood was established through Moses, the father of each family was recognized as holding that high office. An example in point is that of Noah. Noah, on behalf of his household, built an altar. Abraham offered a ram in the stead of his son and was constantly erecting altars. Job, too, offered burnt offerings for his children. The father was the priest, and his business was to maintain the spiritual standard for the family. Today, we fathers pray for our families, naming them one by one unto the Lord. When your children see you praying, they will never forget that as long as they live because they know you're praying for them. This is Father's Day, whether you endorse it or not. And I further believe that Father's Day is every day for the Christian. Are you the head of a family? Then your duty is not only to provide for them for the temporal needs, but above all, their spiritual needs. You are to exercise authority, lead your children in the ways of the Lord, and minister at home as well. How often mother is left to train the children, teach them to pray, read to them the scriptures, and so forth. But scripturally, father should be the leader. What does it mean to honor thy father? We honor our father when we obey and respect him throughout his life. There may even be times when we must care for him. We thank the Lord for godly fathers taught us the ways of the Lord. How can a father urge his son or daughter to live a godly life? Fathers, you can do that by setting a godly example. One of the best examples to set is to bring your children to church. Notice I didn't send to send them to church. I said to bring them to church. Hebrews 10, 25 tells us not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the man of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Attendance is a must if we expect to be with the Lord when He comes. Permit my example. Many years ago, a railroad company wished to discontinue a certain line running from northwestern Colorado to Nebraska. The operation in that area was losing money. A hearing was held, and the proposal to abandon the line was formally suggested. One of the witnesses testified for the opposition was an old farmer who pleaded that the line was a vital necessity in the area. The railroad lawyer asked, how long has it been since you shipped anything on the railroad? The answer was, well, I don't know as I, I ever have. How long since you've ridden on the railway, pressed the attorney? Oh, about 10 or 15 years ago. Then what difference does it make to you whether the line is abandoned or not? Well, said the farmer with some heat and irritation, I want you to know that I walk down almost every night to see that train go by. Many people seem to feel the same way about their attendance in church. It's a nice old familiar landmark, which they missed if it were abandoned and torn down. But they do not consider it vitally necessary to themselves or their family's Christian life. Furthermore, the Lord said for the congregation to gather where he has placed his name. We read Deuteronomy 12, 5, But unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes to put his name there, even unto his habitation shall he seek, and thither thou shalt come. It's not the placing of the name Jesus upon the building that the Lord is referring to. He's referring to the doctrine which is being preached. 
Is the doctrine where you attend a doctrine of preaching Jesus? We teach those things which are directly out of the Word of God that become sound doctrine, which causes the Word of God to be without reproach. Hold your place right here and turn with me to Titus 2, 1, which says, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Any other doctrine will be met with a curse. Reading Galatians 1, 8 through 9, But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we preach unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that he have received, let him be accursed. Jesus is the way and the truth. John 6, 32, 35 tells us, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I said unto you, Moses gave not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. You know the reason many people don't come and partake of the bread of life? It's because one has to have a spiritual appetite to eat this food. Jesus was the one who came to die that we might live. He did that willingly because he loved you and me. We read in Jeremiah 15, 16, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy words was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. Someone has pointed out you feed your body 21 times a week, whether it's hungry or not. Then why not throw your soul a bone at least once a week, even if it doesn't seem eager for food? The poor thing may be too weak from starvation to make its wants known. It is vitally important to feed your soul on the Word of God, for when the time comes, and it will, when you really need the guidance of the Word, it will be in the heart. Take the son who moved out from his father's house. He was able to come to his senses at times came hard. Also, the kind of relationship you have with your father and your vice versa helps to get things back in order. What kind of relationship did he and his father have? Luke 15, 11 to 23 tells us, And he said, Jesus, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to the father, Father, give me the portion of the goods that fall to me. And he divided unto him his living, and not many days after, the young son gathered all together and took into his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with righteous living. Young men and young women, that far country represents a place that your father does not want you to see you experience, as it represents a certain lifestyle which will take you down the road to destruction. Righteous living is a wild and turbulent lifestyle, most likely together with a group of people who are of the same mental and physical range. Let's continue reading in verse 14. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. There are many people who have left the faith. If you do not return soon, they will face a life of being in want. Worse now is that they are already in spiritual want. The Word of God is food for the soul, and the soul will wither and die if not fed. When you consider how soon the Lord will return for His church, you don't have much time left. Continuing in verse 15, we read, And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Notice the change in his lifestyle. When he had money, he had plenty of friends around to help him spend it. Now that he had spent all his inheritance, there were no friends to come to his aid. Let's continue in verse 16. And he would have fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. If there were just husks there, he would have gladly have eaten that for food. And the husks have no corn on it. Today, it is almost commonplace to hear of people following someone into a cult because they want their ears tickled with some new doctrine. This is not a fairy tale. It's currently going on in the news and right now. 
We continue with verse 17. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to, and to spare, and I perish with hunger? The only reason he came to himself was that he had been brought up right by his father, who followed the word of God. The word gave him guidance in what to do when the going got tough. But if he was following the word of God all along, he wouldn't have gone to the place he was in. Verse 18, 19 tells us, I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Before we can come to our father, the Lord Jesus Christ, we must first realize what we have done, and then confess our deeds, followed by repentance. When we have sinned, realize what we have done. When Adam and Eve sinned, the Lord said unto them, Adam, where art thou? He knew exactly where Adam and Eve was, were. He wanted them to see their condition because of their disobedience. We must realize what our condition is and ask the Lord to help us with our new resolution. When a father sees his son or daughter change their life for the better, the joy he experiences is the true love of God. Hold your place and turn with me to John 3, 16 to 18 and read, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the Holy Begotten Son of God. Turn back to Luke, the 15th chapter, 20 to 22, and read with me. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great far way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. For the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. When you take that first step to come to the Savior, He will meet you halfway. After you have accepted Jesus as your Savior in water baptism, the new clothing you have on is His righteousness. After He saves your soul, He doesn't want you to be an idol and just sit around. That's why He gives us a ring in our hand. It symbolizes doing His work. The new shoes He gives you is a new walk with Him. All barriers have been broken down that we all may become the family of God and the household of God. Verse 23 tells us, And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and found. And they began to be merry. Young man, young lady, while your dad is still living, ask him to lunch today, showing you love and care for him. On the other hand, dads, if your sons can't take you to lunch because they are too still too young to earn their own money, how about calling grandpa and taking him out with your family? What a wonderful way to keep the family together. Because the father who does things together with his family will keep his family together. And with that, I say, Happy Father's Day. If you would like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. And now allow me to call upon our church band to conclude this wonderful Father's Day telecast with that warm and familiar tune entitled, He Keeps Me Singing.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.